I'm not going to jail. I can't. Put it down, Chelsea. Harry? Put it down! Harry. Put it down! Harry. Put it down! Forgive me. I never meant to hurt you. Put it down! <laughs> Drop it. Duncan and both come correct. Yeah, it, it's weird because I was thinking the other day, uh, and by the other day I mean today, uh, because time, <laughs> by today I mean two seconds ago, <laughs> right now. No, I've I've been thinking about this uh, off and on recently. Of like, okay, when we're done with this, and with all the Twin Peaks stuff, mm-hmm. then I don't know what we do. I don't know either <laughs> because it's it's gotten so weird, but it's it's such a gradual thing. Like the early episodes aren't as weird, but it just gets weirder as time goes on, mm-hmm. and you can't just plus, jump both feet into weirdness like that. Plus, it's a sizable commitment of time now. I mean, like I said, we started this February, late February, and we will finish. By my estimations, we will finish probably mid-September towards the beginning of, of October. Right. Um, so it's a huge commitment at the time that we will need to... Like, there's there's all those great stories about um, Shelley Duval after um, filming The Shining having to check herself into a psychiatric ward just from the trauma that Kubrick put her through. And I get the feeling we're going to have to, like, do something very similar um, to try and purge the nonsense that this show has created in us, the, the alternate personalities, the different voices, um, they will all need to be purged yeah. at the end of the show. So we can like re-engage with the, the general population in a meaningful and constructive and useful way. And that's going to be difficult, bro, because I find myself walking around my current place of work and I, I laugh to myself. I answer people and some of the voices we've come up with on this show. Um I randomly break out Mr. Tajimura played by Wilford Brimley for no reason at all when I'm going to get paper from the pot from the cup you know go get some paper from the cupboard god damn it you know like just and that's not good people don't get it because people don't listen but but they're in there yeah well you know the the simple solution I think is just to have everyone listen and (laughs) just infect the world like Pontypool I think uh, uh, my greatest hope is that five years from now, accidentally some large mainstream website comes across these recordings and starts listening to them as a bit of a curiosity project and then hits about the fourth episode we do and it's just like, this stuff is fucking crazy and then makes the shit go viral. And me and you by that point will be you know, dried out husbands. No, dried out husbands. So like, uh, like we will have stopped, we will have had some embittered fallout at some point during one of the recordings. <laughs> uh, we'll not be speaking to each other anymore. We'll both be in diff- our, our respective countries, just like sitting out in our our porches, just angry and embittered, and and, and every you know cursing each other's names. And then someone comes across this and says, "You need to get the band back together." And somehow we have to piece it back together, and and the chemistry works. And then everyone loves us, and boom, we become. The rightful internet celebrities that I know we will do, 
one day. Right. It'll it'll we'll be like uh, we'll have to do a reunion tour where it's like <laughs> we're 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 bridging the gap that has formed between us as well as meeting this newfound success. I I already have the movie planned. Uh, it's gonna be great. <laughs> Um, it's not Winter Beast. We're not doing Winter Beast. No, no, no. It's going to be touching. Uh, oh. No, I, I mean like the 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 filmic. Oh, the movie. Right? I thought you meant this. the one we were going to review. I was like, oh, we'll just jump right back at this, aren't we? No, you know, and that's honestly that's how we end in the Twin Peaks thing is we do a Winter Beast episode. Oh, we do a Winter hell. Beast viewing. I think actually after watching Twin Peaks and doing all the stuff we're doing, I feel that Winter Beast is just a bit pedestrian now. Maybe so, but it might be interesting to go into it, g- <laughs> given the number of times that we've both seen Winter Beast at this point. Uh-huh. Of going into it in that mindset of like let's let's just goof on this movie, and yep. and also it would be fun to like for all the people who have been listening to the show. To be like, hey, come come join us one last time, one last ride of the Twin yeah. Peaksies group, and we're gonna we're gonna all watch Winter Beast together and and just <laughs> chit chat and have fun. Yep, that sold. All right, pencil in your diaries for a future date, ladies and gents. All right, well, we haven't started recording the show yet. Oh, I mean, we're recording, uh, but we'll. All this has to go in, Bo. All right, all right. Well, fair enough. Welcome to Duncan and Bo. <laughs> Go to Twin Peaksies, the show that dares the, to ask the question, huh? Um, <laughs> That's what the t-shirts say. It's just, <laughs> right. it's just Bo's puzzled face with the words, huh? Yeah. Underneath it. Oh, um, amazing. Speaking of t-shirts, Duncan, we'll get into some more shit here in a second. Speaking of t-shirts, Duncan, if you go over to the Legion Podcast's uh, Facebook group page, um hey you can find the new legion podcast uh shirt there yeah and uh so i would recommend everybody check that out and and even if you don't want want the shirt i understand sometimes you look at your closet you're like i got too many damn shirts i don't need another one uh why don't you hop over to the facebook group anyway and just uh chit chat talk to other people who are listening to this very podcast if uh, uh you would be surprised how much interaction there is listeners you're a terrible salesman i have if you've got a if you've got a cupboard or closet full of t-shirts take one of those t-shirts throw it in the fucking bin and replace it with a legion podcast t-shirt or even a trash can throw it wherever you want <laughs> so it'll be collected by the garbage truck well garbage men who then put it in the garbage truck you mean there's men that lift your how fucking backwards is your society well, I mean, there are trucks, but yeah, every now and again, you got curbside trash, and and the the fellas hanging on the back of the truck is what they do, Duncan. People hang on the back of trucks in your country. Yes, Jesus. I mean, trucks really run that into the ground, doesn't he? Uh, you, it's mostly a Trump problem. Um, he was like, <laughs> "We are not gonna have anyone riding around in trucks anymore. No more free rides for these people. You hang <laughs> on the backs." <laughs> There's a pole, hang on to it, maybe run behind it, you can keep up. Um yeah, it's it's been a time here in the States, Duncan. Um Yay. I don't know if you've noticed, but our president is under continual criminal investigation. <laughs> so Yes, I, I have noticed that. Um it's interesting. It could be worse. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah could, for sure. It could be you, you could be in a country 
that didn't elect the people that are back in power who have just done a deal with ostensibly um, an offshoot of the <laughs> the more radical aspects of unionism in Northern Ireland. Come straight out of like a terrorist cell who have created themselves as a, a right-wing conservative group who are now propping up that government at the cost of one and a half billion pounds of taxpayers' money over two years, which are being paid to them to prop that up. So my money is now going to prop up a government I didn't elect for by ostensibly people that I I have so many issues with. They're against gays, they're against abortions. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's currently what's happening in my country, Bo. Um, I will so see. you can have your Trump. Trump seems like a paradise from here. I will see your non-representative government, mm-hmm. and I will raise you a current health care bill that, Duncan, <laughs> sit down for this, provides less health care than the health care bill we have. Yeah, I, I have read this. You, you guys <laughs> so, really like, you, you guys in America really like fucking over people. Like, you just love just hating on yourselves. It's, it's quite, it's quite entertaining as a Scot who naturally hates everything and everyone. Yeah. Except other Scots who we despise more than anything. Um, and <laughs> interest- other people is another Scot. Yep, yep. <laughs> Especially if you're Scottish, then you're fucked. Um, it's interesting to see how little Americans actually care for each other. Like, is there a way? To fuck over even more sick people in America, you know, like the poor people that we're supposed to look after, those people that are sick and invalid. Is there a way to, is there a way to just strip away any support at all? There is. Can we, can we create a bill? We can. Do we have to put in details? We don't have to. This is amazing. Yay! Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, you know, um, yeah. This went really overtly political right at the start. Yeah, it's sorry almost, everybody. It's almost as if we're trying to soften the blow. Of some of the nonsense that's going to come up over the next two episodes. Man, that all we're right. trying to ground this episode in reality. Let, all right, let's do a quick recap. We've been through a lot already, Duncan. So, mm-hmm. recap number one. Head over to the Facebook uh, group for either... I, actually, this works either way. Podcast Under the Stairs or uh, Legion Podcasts. Um, and there you can kind of chit-chat about the show as well as buy the t-shirt. All right, that's point yes. one. Point two, and this is the really exciting thing that everybody heard just happen, is we we are officially now, after we complete the newest season of Twin Peaks on Showtime, still yes. not complete, so we're not we're not totally behind. Uh, we mm. could we could catch up tonight. So, well, um, it's a two week. <laughs> they're on a two week break now, so we technically have an, an additional two weeks. Which I didn't realize we had. So yeah, so we're we're not going to be that far off, really. No, uh, I think I think realistically, we'll probably, depending on how we do the new season, we will be there or thereabouts when it finishes. Yeah. So following that, we then are going to have a celebratory viewing, a group viewing of the uh, the the cinematic classic. <laughs> Uh, entitled Winter Beast. It, it's a bit of a tradition for the Duncan and Bo shows, and uh, and it's a great way to celebrate a bit of absurdity, uh, and and come together. Uh, as I said earlier, one last time. Um, not that we won't ever do the show again or anything like that. It's just that hey, we're gonna take a break. Let's let's not fuck around. <laughs> yeah. When this is all done, we're all gonna we're all gonna take a much needed breather, um, <laughs> and then figure out what to do next. So. <laughs> Um, 
And no, we're not doing the Hellraiser series. So, uh, oh, boo. Behave. <laughs> you opened the box and I came. I have such boredom to show you. Um, it's, it, oh, first of all, that's a terrible pinhead impression. Uh, Dude, you both. That's what it talks like. Oh, Kirsty, you opened. It just sounds like it can't be bothered being there. Like, this is like the 17th time he's been called at the box this week. Like, uh, oh, we have such sights to show you. We'll tear your soul apart. You know, it just, like, can't be fucked. Yeah. That's what I kind of love about Doug Bradley, or, or later day Doug Bradley, as his pinhead's just... I mean, the, the lines sound great, but there's just no enthusiasm behind them. Well, yeah. I, well, even in the early going, he he had that detached kind of, you know, yeah. uh, vibe going on. But anyway, so, uh, but yeah, we'll figure out what we're going to do following Twin Peaks, and which seems premature. I mean, we, we're, we're still not out of season two yet, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a whole... Hell of a lot of road still to tow here, bro. Oh, God. You're like that when we finish. No, a while away. I'm just so tired, Duncan. (laughs) I'm just so tired. Um, No, it's like this is one of the the true joys of my week. And um, so, yeah, was that it? Was that the the big uh, recap? All right, we got the we got the recap right up. And we got the the winter bee stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, and listeners, you know, feel free to shoot us ideas. Like this whole twin peaks adventure was, was someone's idea, uh, here at the, uh, the old network. And, um, yes. uh, so we appreciate that. And, um, yeah. So, you know, uh, if you have a, an idea for what you want to see us completely ridicule and ruin, uh, <laughs> for you, then, uh, they might pick something on. really tasteful. Yeah, I mean, well, sure, it could be like, you should watch This Is Us. You guys really need to watch This Is Us. Yeah, that, uh, <laughs> hey guys, I've got this show for you, it's called Hannibal, this one's for you. I'll t- yeah, honestly, if you want to softball it and just say do Hannibal, I'm not going to argue with that too hard. No, um, I, like I said before, it will just literally be every episode is the same thing, stroking myself off while we're talking about it all. Yeah, and so it would oh, be, and then uh, the we... camera angle in the third scene with the color palette and the taiko drums in the background. Skeet, 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 as Bo would say. Oh, um, uh, skeet, skeet. No, bad Bo. Oh, Duncan. Bad Bo. Oh, skeet. <laughs> listen, listen. It's poor delicate flower. Bad things happen to her yeah. in this episode. We right? got a, so let's, let's we got stop, a lot like... of who gives a shit about Josie going on in this episode. Oh and, fuck and, yeah! And it turns out nobody but Harry. Um. <laughs> That's a teaser. <laughs> Little tease for the, what's coming up. Um, so let's start with a question, Duncan. Uh-huh. Um, he says, uh, unprepared now. Oh, yeah. Okay. So uh, Matthew asks us. I'm not using last names. If you want to, if, if, if you leave me a question, tell me it's okay to use your last name. Because, you know, I, as I have noticed with some of the numbers on the show, more people than talk to us on Facebook uh, are listening to the show. Uh, so I don't want to just, you know, I don't want to out anybody as a listener yeah, of this you, show. If this is your secret shame show, then yeah. that's fine. Yeah, I mean, most of the uh, downloads we get come from VPNs and tours. Uh, so it's all it's all dark web, Silk Road shit. Um, nice. You know what you can find? From the find... Black Lodge. <laughs> yeah, it is Black Lodge Internet. Um, 
Oh, I want to go to the Black Lodge internet. We get a little, a little, mm, little sousant of uh, Black Lodge tonight as well. So yeah. Um, all right, all right. So here's the question: Matt, Matthew asks us, "Should I finally decide to watch Twin Peaks? Somehow I've not seen a single episode of it. I think I may be subjecting myself to a berating uh, for this. I assume uh, for saying this, and then smiley face emoji. He says, um, "Smiley face right think- back at you, Matthew." <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't think you're. To be to be fair, like Twin Peaks as as culturally important as it is now, in terms of the attraction it gets and the interest it draws, um, it was for like a small time period. But as we've shown you, you're talking if you're listening to the show, Matthew, um, we very quickly understand that a lot of people just devolved into who gives a fuck with the show, and then there's only a really small hardcore following that really kept the, the dream alive, so to speak, and then it became more of a cult thing for people much later on. So the fact that you've not seen it like does not really surprise me. Um, should you start watching it? I, d- I don't know. I'd like, I always feel concerned about this because my gut says yes, watch it, watch it all. You know, I love it, so everyone should watch it. But then realistically, my head says... That, you know, if you're watching it now for the first time through, there's a lot of it that's dated, um, especially in season two. A lot of the goofy side stories are, are overtly goofy now because they're 20-odd years old. Um, so I don't know. I would say take a gamble on it. You can you can get through it fairly fairly quickly. If you were, if you were tackling like an episode a night, it would take you about a month um, and you would get there. But... And you're going to watch that first season in about three days. Oh, easily. You'll binge watch that first season. That second season is when you'll find that certain nights you'll just not have the energy. Right. It's, it's the, you know, when, when you're running Duncan, you, you know how this goes and and you see, you see that hill looming before you, that steep hill and the, like you're on the flat. It feels great. And then you start climbing that hill, and it starts to wear on you. You can feel you can feel the the tug of gravity on your body as you as you climb this hill. As if the nearer you reach the sky, Duncan, the heavier you are. And uh, that is, in many ways, the uh, second season of Twin Peaks. Um, I would give a slightly more succinct answer, which is yes, you should absolutely watch it. Um, but if in season two, if you get past the reveal of who killed Laura Palmer for realsies and what their fate was, Leland Palmer, as you know, is not with us anymore. Um, then yeah, I mean, if after that you're like, oh, this is fucking stupid, you're not wrong. Um, and you can bail, but you really should watch at least the first like season and a half. Uh, you're going to see a lot of stuff, as we pointed out on the show, that um, other other shows kind of blatantly stole from in some cases. And oh, yeah. and also, it's just really good. It's really weird. It's uh, kind of dreamlike and surreal at times, but also um, really wonderfully funny at times. I, th- I, I would almost say you could watch this entire series just for the sheer joy that is Agent Cooper. As a yeah. character, he is such a great character, and it's uh, it's a blast to watch. So, um, yeah, I would say absolutely. Don't shut up. Quit your complaining. 
start watching some <laughs> Twin Peaks, son. And I have a podcast that can serve as a companion guide, which started seriously, semi-seriously. I don't think the first episode was as serious as we thought it was. Uh, but I'd have to go back. near as silly as it's gotten. Right, right. There, I don't know that. Were we doing voices in the first episode? I don't think we were. Maybe not that far, but I think we had pointed out some silliness even at the start. Yeah. Um, so, without further ado, uh, thanks for the question, Matthew. Um, without further ado, let us get into tonight's Twin Peaks episode. Oh, no, no, no. I almost forgot a whole segment, Duncan. Shit. Yeah, uh, you're jumping ahead. I'm sorry. I'm so excited. Uh, <laughs> I just can't hide it. I'm about to lose Wait, control, no, Duncan. No. And I think I like it. Um, Ooh, that man. Anyway, um, so we are going to uh, move to another segment, which we do, which is uh, kind of what we've been watching. And uh, Duncan, uh, what the hell have you seen since last we spoke that's uh, worth noting? Right. Well, I, as you noted last time, I had been on a bit of a Hellraiser binge recently for podcasts under the stairs. So I haven't watched much in the way of films per se. However. Um, I am very excited, and I can't go into any details about it. And the reason I can't go into details about it is because we will eventually cover it on this show. Um, and you have not watched it yet, so I, I can't, I can't go into too much details. I are, are you say, talking about American Gods? Because no, you talked I about it last it. week. So yeah, no, 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 I am talking about Twin Peaks, Paul. Oh, okay. Right, so Twin Peaks is currently taking two weeks off like i said earlier so we are now officially at the halfway point episode eight dropped on sunday um and i will say and i say this with no trepidation at all with the absolute 100 percent confidence that not only is episode eight potentially one of the greatest things that david lynch has ever done um, i will also say that it is by far the best episode of Twin Peaks ever made. And if even at the end of this experiment, people are still upset with the ending of where Twin Peaks ends up, everything, the fucking 30 years, the, or sorry, 26 years, the, the ups and downs, the cancels, the bringing it back, the, the, the speculation, all that stuff merits this one episode. It's quite simply one of the greatest things I've ever fucking seen in my entire life. And you, your mind is going to explode when you see it. The episode is called Got a Light. I'll mark the halfway point. And I'm telling you right now, ain't no double fucking review for this one, Bo. That will be a... A standalone? Okay. Oh my god. It is, it's like... It's like the Rosetta Stone to every David Lynch movie ever made. It's like, oh my... Oh, so That's... fucking good. All right. So good. All right, all right. So, Shut up. So Shut up. Good. We're, we're going to watch it. We're going to watch it. We're going to talk about it. It's going to be great. I've watched it twice. So I watched it uh, last night and I watched it again tonight. And I was picking out more things this time through. And I was just sitting back going, David Lynch is... I was going to say underappreciated. He's not underappreciated. He's widely regarded, regarded as one of the most unique and most talented voices in cinema ever. I mean, recently in the UK, I think it was last year, um, the in the UK they did a top 100 films of the 20th century, I believe, um, 
and number one was Mulhall- Mulholland Drive. That was voted by people in the UK. Wow. Right? So that you know, it, it topped the list. Um, so people dig them some David Lynch. You know what I mean? Even even the, the surrealist cinema that is David Lynch. People dig David Lynch. Um, and I always find it funny that people like. I always find it funny that certain things never happened in his his career. You know what I mean? The the idea that Mulholland Drive, which was essentially going to be a TV show, um, and that never happened, so it became you know, a movie, which is why it feels all fragmented, like different skits all put together. The fact that Inland Empire was also supposed to be a TV show, um, and it never ended up that way, so that also became a movie. And the fact that, you know, it took him to go through those two, to once again be given that, you know, the keys to make a TV show, is that people thought, you know, well, Twin Peaks shat the bed, so David Lynch can't make a TV show. And um, this one episode shuts down any argument ever. Like, honestly, I've never seen anything... You will never see any episode of television like this, ever. Hands down. Showtime, you'd applauded for this, and uh, praised to the highest levels that they not only took a gamble... It was maybe a safe gamble bringing Twin Peaks back, but they took a gamble in giving full creative control of an entire 16-hour TV show... Um, to David Lynch um, and Vindication is on that episode and that's all I'm going to say did you I can't bet the conversation is going to be fucking epic oh it's so good what did you watch what shitty movie did you watch after not watching something of high quality that I told you to watch in the last recording Duncan I watched Ouija Experiment 2 um, I fucking no 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 I, I'm kidding I I'm kidding. hate you I, I haven't watched it uh Good. yeah it almost happened last night but uh but it, it was late and i was like I, I want something that i'm only gonna have us pay attention to um but i didn't watch it so watch uh, me bo watch me i'm in your instant queue please watch me bo <laughs> you know i'll be shitty bo uh, <laughs> won't i'll it- make you i'll make you hate yourself and appreciate the original movie even more won't it be hilarious how I won't make sense and characters will just do whatever they want? Uh, Imagine the rant that Duncan will go on the show tomorrow when he finds out you once again disregarded good movies for a pile of shit. Yep. Uh, no, I, I watched uh, I, I watched a good movie. Um, this was... Um, I think it was... Oh, geez, I'm gonna screw this up because my memory's terrible. So forgive me. This was, I want to say it was either Dave or Jason. Uh, we're recommending some found footage movies because I watched I watched one called Hell usually, House. Usually Dave. Dave's heavily into his found footage. Probably, so I it's probably Dave. Probably was, but I'm notorious about giving Jason short shrift, and I don't want to do that. So I don't want to. I don't want to fuck him over again if if it was indeed him. So, uh, whoever it was, thank you. Uh, and I will apologize to you in, in that conversation thread later <laughs> for not remembering now. But, um, yeah, so I'd watched a, a movie called Hell House LLC, which was pretty good, uh, as a found footage, uh, film goes. And, uh, so this, uh, unnamed patron <laughs> was like, oh, if you enjoyed the, uh, that, then here's two or two or three others that you might enjoy. And I'm, about halfway through the second recommendation, but the uh, the uh, capture kill release 
was on that list and it is yeah a... it, de- it definitely was dave that suggested this by the way okay definitely. thanks 100% it was dave z yeah fuck off jason um <laughs> sorry no don't do that um thank you dave uh so the uh are, are you familiar with this movie am i am, am... i have taken funnily enough um when you posted the hell house llc you mentioned that there were elements that had a kind of late mongol vibe which is like honey to a wasp to me like i was just like this sweetness sweetness i must watch this so i took a screen grab so i wouldn't forget and then i somehow ended up watching what else you had been posting and i've also taken a screen grab of the post that's how i know that dave z uh, was the guy that suggested it of this movie and it's on my list of things to watch because your description of it has me in for the win yeah, all right. So, uh, Capture Kill release, uh, for our listeners' sake, is a found footage film about a couple. I, I, it's never clear if they're married. I don't think they are. I think it's boyfriend, girlfriend. Maybe they are married because they have a house. And, um, they are in the preparatory stages of murdering someone. And all right. the, so that's the premise of the film in, and it's about them figuring out how to do it, how to pick somebody going through the process of then choosing someone and what that does to their relationship, especially if one of the, the pair is maybe not as into it as the other one. Oh, and it, it's really good. And, um, uh let me look up her name real quick so i i don't i don't screw this part of it up as well but um the lead actress in it um is jennifer fraser jennifer fraser is her name uh who uh who plays jennifer um and it is an incredible performance like it's one of those things that when you're watching a found footage film the thing that always takes you out of it is the people who aren't natural and she has so much to do in this movie. Like there's so much that the movie asks of her as an actress uh, or an actor, uh, whatever. Fuck it. Um, and uh, I don't know. Some fee- anyway, doesn't matter. Uh, so, but she has a lot to do in this movie and, and just comes through in spades. And uh, it, it's an amazing performance. Like I, if she does not get more work, on the back of this thing, then there just is no justice in, in, uh, the movie world. Um, but yeah, so I saw that highly recommended if you're okay with a movie, like it's not overly gory, but it's, you know, it, it's about murdering someone and, and it does get kind of gruesome at times when, you know, it comes to like, how do we, how do we dispose of the, uh, of the body and whatnot? Um, but yeah, I thought it was fantastic. It, you know, I think uh, David said it, it was sort of on his short list of best movies of the year. Um, yeah. I'm not sure if I'm totally there on on, on the uh, Capture Kill release as one of the best of the year because it's just been such an outstanding year. Um, yeah, it really has. But uh, I mean, it's in the conversation. There, There's an argument to be made. I, I wish it ended a, a little bit differently, I think. Um uh, otherwise, I think it's just a, a fantastic example of uh, found footage horror done well. And, like, the movie does not fuck around. Like, that's another big problem I have with found footage movies is when they dick around for about 45 minutes with a bunch of setup. Hell House LLC fell into this category for me. 
Uh, although the interstitial bits that are kind of Lake Mungo esque, although it doesn't end nearly as well or anything, but um, uh, that stuff kind of kept things lively in that story. And this one doesn't have any kind of framing device like that. It just kind of puts the pedal down from the first scene. And it's just like, here's what this movie is about. And you've always fantasized about it, about like, well, what would you, what would you do if you killed someone? And watching a couple go through those conversations of like, well, how would we do it? What What's going to be the most satisfying thing as well as the most efficient thing? Shit like that. It's great. Uh, so anyway. You should see. I will check it out, sir. Yeah, watch Capture Kill release if you've ever wanted to murder someone. It's probably too informative. Um, yay! Yay for putting plans for three D printed guns on the internet. It's the same thing. It's the same thing, Duncan. Uh, hey, everyone, let's talk about Twin Peaks now. Yay! Yay! Twin Peaks. Um, Maybe. We are, as we mentioned earlier, kind of in the, you know, late stages of season two. I got late stage season two, Twin Peaks. <laughs> I need 10 cc's of John change stat. Yeah. Oh, um, oh hey. Um, right. Um, well, yeah, we are. We are. We're, we're winding up. In fact, in the two episodes, we're going to be covering um, a character who is kind of pivotal towards the end of this show um, finally makes their appearance um, and I'm not talking about oh Billy Zane dude I forgot you were in this how did I forget you were in Twin Peaks I, I did too it was it was the same thing with David Warner of like the fuck are you doing in this show Billy Zane yeah uh, just like one of those like Billy Zane walked in I was like Billy Zane you early 90s Billy Zane was a pure joy oh yeah charming son of a bitch welcome to the show Exactly. Uh, I was so, so fucking happy. His middle name's Justice. Uh, we've got so much to discuss. There is, let's not, let's not get ahead of ourselves here, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's still so, a lot of shit happening in this show. There, like a lot of nonsense that, you know, we want out the way. There's the remnants of some nonsense still here. But for the most part, we're following a, for, for the most part, we're starting to follow a more interesting story because we, Whole hell of a lot of Wyndham Earl in this one, so a lot of Wyndham Earl. Lot there, there are flickers of greatness once again, ladies and gentlemen, and we will talk mm. about that uh, after after the doldrums, after the Shadowlands, <laughs> after Dead Tooth, after D- Madam Dead Tooth. God rest her soul. I <laughs> she's still alive, bro. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, but you know, for all intents and purposes, she's dead to us, Duncan. FYI, uh, she's the main character in the remake. Thank- <laughs> fantastic i bet like at some point the camera zooms in on her tooth and a face comes out of it ah! yeah it's just uh, a, a, like a small midget man dancing yeah um, uh all right shut up we'll get to that um so the the first episode tonight we're so excited again it's like we got we, good, we got good twin peaks to talk about yay uh this is episode 16 of season two uh it is entitled the Condemned Woman. Uh, it is directed by Leslie Linka Gladder, uh, which is a fun name to uh, to say. Leslie Linka Gladder. Yeah, it sounds like how you say hello in Ukrainian. Right, or like it, it's a cheer in Iceland if you're drinking. Yes. Ah, or Leslie Linka Gladder. Or it's a national holiday in Bratislava. Yes. 
Uh, I remember getting so drunk at the last Leslie Link of Gladder. Oh, who doesn't? Well, well, I I, I can't because I was drunk the night before and then drunk right through it and then drunk the day after. So I lost three days. But I was I, I, the pictures look great. Yeah, well, and I mean, you're bound to tip a cocktail or two on Leslie Link of Gladder Eve. No, no <laughs> one's gonna fault you for that. Um, so <laughs> it begins. Um, <laughs> It is written by uh, Trisha Brock, so it's a real sausage fest on Twin Peaks tonight. Um, Jeez, fucking... uh, <laughs> we'll get to that, too. Um, so let's jump into this here. Um, this, I think, is the more troublesome of the two episodes. Uh, but, you know, we wrap up some stuff. Um, and And that's nice to see. But we start... Uh, Duncan here at the old Twin Peaks Sheriff Station where we are listening yep. to a recording uh, a message from one Wyndham Earl uh, yeah. who is boo, boo bad Wyndham Earl <laughs> bad er um, <laughs> Leo Stein, Leo Stein <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, call her bad um, <laughs> Jess Horsey good Girl, good. Yeah. So, Wyndham Earl uh, is, is leaving a message um, for Agent Cooper, uh, and he is listening to the said message right along with uh, Sheriff Truman. And the message essentially says, Hey, uh, you haven't made a move yet. Uh, it, your moves are tentative, uh, as if you've got more going on, and you need you need to focus here, Dale. You need to point that laser precision at this chessboard because as we learned Wyndham Earl is going to kill someone for every piece that he takes from the chessboard which is just insane we're talking mass murder here like on a scale which is ridiculous there is a lot of, there's a lot of chessboard pieces yeah um, and, and Wyndham it's like he's essentially he's the, he's, the, he's the Paul Pot of Twin Peaks you know he's just gonna fucking this could be like a Twin Peaks genocide here. I'm not happy about this, but it also seems a bit impractical. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's... I mean, this is pre-internet. Um, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but, because like, you wouldn't be leaving chess moves in the paper, which is is what Wyndham Earl says. Leave a chess move in the paper, um, and if you don't, I'm going to make the move for you. You can't bow out of yeah. this. Um, and, and Agent Cooper is like, well, I'm in quite the pickle. <laughs> we need to bring in chess expert, Pete Martell. Uh, yeah. Cause this is starting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's part of me that really loves the, the idea that Pete is somehow a chess master. I, I really like that. The scenes he's in maybe aren't so great. So, yeah. Um, so we're we're trying to coordinate with the newspaper uh, to make sure that they don't go to print before he gets his chess move in. So they're bringing Pete uh, to the table, and yeah. the kind of bow out of this scene, uh, little bow out uh, of this scene. Sorry, my favorite rapper. Yeah, he's good. Um, yeah is the, like agent cooper also has the death mask which is kind of weird that he's just carting this around with him but all right um <laughs> it's evidence, sure 
Uh, so, <laughs> which it should be tagged and bagged and not just hanging out on the sheriff's desk like it's the creepiest paperweight you ever saw. Well, it's a, a, I, it's a death mask of her face, isn't it? It is. It is. Yeah. Of, of the... that, that's why he's carrying it around with it, because that's his long-lost love. Yeah, there's, love. yeah, there's a lot of men not taking uh, relationships gone wrong well uh, in this pair of episodes, but... Um, yeah, it's interesting that this episode was written and directed by a woman. Yeah. Makes you think, Duncan. Um, All men are bastards, Bo. <laughs> I, you know, women too, as far as I'm concerned. So, uh, I'm an equal opportunity offender. Yes. Um, equal opportunity hater. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Men, women alike, just enough already. Almost, almost sounds Scottish. Not quite. Almost. <laughs> yeah. Let me, let me do it in a brogue. You know how good I am at that. Oh, I'm cringing already. Go I, I'm, you know what? I'm not going to do it. I'm not doing it, uh, because I respect you too much. Um, it's a lie, but I appreciate the fact that you lied. Right, um, so yeah, I so hate you for it. Uh, let's <laughs> but uh, but so the end of the scene is just because we got to get through the first scene. Goddamn it, Duncan! Um, no. Goddamn it! Um, no. Wilford Brimley is now the referee of this episode. <laughs> who will step in when things get out of? It's getting goddamn silly in here. Get back to the show. God, God damn it! Damn it! Um, <laughs> that'll be helpful. So. Uh, yeah, and, and, uh, Sheriff Truman is like, yeah, she was beautiful based on this creepy mask on my desk. And Agent Cooper's, uh, like, well, yeah, she was the love of my life, which is shameful, shameful, Duncan, because oh. Audrey Horn should be the love of his life. But yeah, but she's also changing. right. We got a, we got a charming ass breeze blowing into the show tonight, Duncan. Yeah, we're splitting up these two for good yep. on this show. Which these is, two episodes, the the love the love story of the decade is going to be split up on these two episodes. Which, given the fact that Audrey is only eighteen years old, probably for the best. But well, yeah, yeah. But it's not just all on Audrey here. There is the introduction of a character that catches a little Dale's eye. Well, yep, this is true too. Uh, Roller Girl herself upcoming on this episode. So yeah. we move then to um, uh, the sawmill where uh, See You Next Tuesday, Catherine Martell uh, and uh, Andrew Packard are having some breakfast. Pete is serving it up. And yep. Pete is playing a lot of grab ass in this scene. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the uh, Scottish equivalent is. Of playing grab ass, what that expression would be in in Scotland. Um, grab ass, right? So explain playing grab ass. Playing grab ass, Duncan, is when you got shit to do, and you're goofing off with a buddy. That's playing a lot oh, of grab right. ass. It's you know like you do in locker rooms, Duncan, where you're hanging out with your guy friends and you're just grabbing each other's asses, and the coach comes in and is like, "Hey, why are you leaving me out, boys?" And then you all play a little grab ass. You guys don't have that, that in that uh, Scotland. Kind of sounds, like sounds like you were molested, bro. <laughs> I have a lot of repressed memories, Duncan. Let's keep pushing forward. Um, <laughs> I think the equivalent uh, <laughs> would be, uh, don't know, kind of taking the piss, maybe. It, Although it, taking the piss can also be used in a way that way you're mocking someone openly. Yeah, um, th- this is more fooling like, around. Yeah, it's just tomfoolery. It is tomfoolery. That's the word there I was go. going for. So there we are. Plain. Glad we could get there in the end, and let's skate over your potential childhood molestation. Uh, it'll um, be a documentary on Netflix in about six months. Um, 
<laughs> every every goddamn documentary on the on that pay service, Duncan, is just uh-huh. about somebody getting molested by somebody. Turns out a lot of it's happened in the past. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like big, I, big institutions. Turns out that when you have men, older white men who are in power, they have a tendency to abuse kids. You would never have thought that would have been a thing. Yeah. Let's move on before yeah. they sue us. <laughs> right, right. Um, the, 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 the Tom Fuller we're talking about here is just, once again, it's this weird tone that Twin Peaks slips into every now and again when I'm just like, I don't know what we're going for here. I don't know what we're trying to aim for because he brings over the breakfast to Andrew and he's made a smiley face out of his two fried eggs and they- bacon. Both legitimately find it hilarious. Oh, they're, they're you know, so he, 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 this, and see you next Tuesday is fucking furious. She's just like, come on, let's eat our breakfast. It's like, literally like she's driving two kids to like a water park and they're like, are we there yet? Are we there yet? No, he hit me first. Mom. Like, she's like so, so angry. And um, of course, at this point, you know, Pete can't stay around. He's had the phone call. He needs to go to the share station. He's got some chess to play. So he leaves. And then we get this really interesting conversation between um, Andrew and his sister, uh, the the queen of all sea next Tuesdays, where basically she's like, I don't know what's going on between you two. I don't know why every time you're in each other's company, we have to devolve to this juvenile bullshit. Um, but, you know, come on, pull it together. Lots of serious stuff to do here. Look, some fucking moves to make here, uh, and you're just fooling around. None of that anymore. Let's let's move away from that. And he kind of, and some some respect, in some respects, kind of calls her out in her bullshit. So you know, I kind of hoped when you get a bit older that that you're at fire, that kind of rage inside you would calm down a little bit. But clearly, that's not happened. Yeah, I mean, say what you will for see you next Tuesday, uh, Catherine Martell. She is a spitfire. She has not lost a step since her younger days, you would imagine. She's winning. Yeah. She, that's the thing. She, she can't have an opportunity. She wants to enjoy winning, Bo. Yeah. She's got everyone exactly where she wants, and her fucking husband and her fucking brother are laughing and giggling because there's a smiley face on his fucking plate of breakfast. I would be pissed off as well. I'd be like, come on, if I, we are this close to a multi-million pound deal. We're this close to you destroying your former business partner, we are this close to destroying your ex-wife who tried to fucking assassinate you and you're laughing at a plate of egg and beans. Come on the fuck. Right. Just pay a little bit of attention to the fact that you are a presumably dead man. <laughs> and pay attention to the fact that we're engaged in, in a high felony at this point. Yeah. As opposed to playing grab ass with Pete. And anyway, so uh, in walks Josie Packard, who, as we all know, is surfing as See You Next Tuesday, Catherine Martell's maid, because they were briefly stuck inside a sitcom where a judge ruled this, apparently. Um, Yes. Oh, it's so bad. Um, From this day forward, you will be the maid in an incredibly uncomfortable and racist skit about slavery. Yeah. Oh, it's just... It's awful, but she walks in the door and yeah. she sees Andrew, and she does. What, what, what does she? Well, I think we need an impression on. No. <laughs> she, yeah, well, she's walk walks in carrying a bundle of sticks. 
and she sees Andrew and she goes, uh, Andrew. And then boom on the ground. Oh, oh. And then is sack of potatoes just slumps over. And Your impression, that noise that you're making kind of sounds like a deer choking, like a baby deer, like a fawn, like choking on its first sip of a mountain spring. Why does, why does it have to be choking? Why can't it be a deer greeting a young orphan in the Because it sounds choking, woods? you're like, oh, 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 oh. It's either having an orgasm, right, or it's choking. Hey. That, those are the noises, right? You ask Joan Chin. All right, I don't have these kinds of answers. I uh, could never, I could never speak to Joan Chen because you have so bastardized your impression of her now. I would feel uncomfortable. Oh, she is skeet, skeet, skeet. How terrible would it be if you accidentally slipped not into necessarily the skeet, skeet, but would, if like you met Joan Chen and she was like, "Oh, nice to meet you," and you were I'd like, piss myself laughing," and then you... I would piss my, I would, I would, I would loudly laugh. I would loudly point, and then invisibly wet myself in front of her. Uh Boy, I that, that would... away by security. She'd click her fingers. Security, remove this man. I'd be gone. I'd still be peeing myself and laughing. I would. Oh man, I, it would be the greatest day ever. Um, <laughs> I would as soon as I. Would, oh, Miss Chen. Oh, ski, ski, ski. Uh, oh boy, no. Um. Anyway. So, yeah, so she passes out, and then they have a good laugh. And actually, see you next Tuesday. Catherine Martell does find this funny. Uh, and then they laughingly discuss the fact that they're about to essentially sell her into slavery. Yes. To uh, David Warner. Which, yes. I mean, if you're going to be sold into slavery. There's worse places to go I, than David Warner. You know. Uh, Even though he is the head of some sort of triad gang, which, you know, maybe slightly concerning. But he's well, an entrepreneur, you know, Duncan. Each to their own, bow. Yeah. Never going to tell. for me to. Yeah, exactly. Far be it from me or you to tell anyone how to run their business. Not in a capitalist state that we live in, Bo. No. Mar- the market will decide. If he has a good business plan, he will succeed. And uh, if he has the muscle, who are armed to the teeth, chain killer triad assassins, then all the better for it. That's called using your initiative. Um. Yeah, so he's a good guy. I think we can all agree on that. Um, totally. So, but yeah, uh, they laugh about that, and and so yeah, that's a thing that's going to happen later. Um, so we head back over to the uh, sheriff's office, where one um, Hank is being brought before Sheriff Truman. I told you I'd be back, um, <laughs> and <laughs> uh, and he rolls in, and he's like, "Hey, Sheriff, we're pals. What's going on?" And and the sheriff is like, look, not only did you bust parole, you went across the border, you uh, are are now accused of murder. We have an eyewitness on the scene that says you shot uh, Leo Johnson. And uh, so he's like, huh, uh, have you heard of rats? I could be a rat. <laughs> and... <laughs> and sheriff truman's like no we don't want you at all hank and not at all like you're going away and he's like huh so how about you and that chinese chick and uh he's like oh 
I didn't know anybody knew about that. And Hank's like, <laughs> everybody knows. Or they will if I tell them. And anyway, so, um, yeah, so the sheriff is like, get him out of here. And uh, off off they fuck to take oh, you, you, You're skipping one of the best parts. Because he, he's leaning over on his crutches and he's trying to intimidate, trying to blackmail Truman right in front of there. And Hawk, cacao! Kicks away his crutch and slams his head into the table and it says, oh, really sorry, didn't mean to do that. And he lifts him back up, puts him, he's all bewildered, and then he takes him out. Hawk yeah. is awesome in this episode. There's Hawk, not a lot of Hawk in this episode, but he's fucking amazing. Yeah, and and him kicking kicking the crutch out is all right. Um, ordinarily, <laughs> that is not Hawk behavior. Well, well, I would like to think that that Hawk is a bit more of a straight shooter that way, upholds the law, doesn't doesn't you know devolve into abusing you know potential suspects but hank's a bad guy and he got in his you know there's also that brotherhood that camaraderie that comes with being police officers and you, you don't you don't try and muscle in on the sheriff not in their town i mean i agree and and hawk even gives them the the sarcastic i'm sorry yeah it's a bro it's oh it's so good hawk yeah. why do i love you so much but I will tell you what, what to to Hawk's credit, not only you know for roughing up Hank, hey, uh, but also <laughs> at the end of the Send scene, the roughed up Hank, yeah, you kicked a crutch right out from under my arm. <laughs> That's jacked up. Um, so, but afterwards, like Hawk even gives him his crutch back, uh, like picks it up off the floor and whatnot. Um, anyway. he's a good guy. Yeah, yeah. Look, nobody. Who are you telling here? I, yeah. you know, my love for Hawk runs deep. It runs deep, deep like the the river, the river that runs through the Rocky Mountains and brings life together, like the hawk, the wolf, the bear, the salmon. Oh God, we should have spirit animals on this show. We so should have spirit animals. All right, what's your spirit animal? Oh, three ooh, seconds. The mongoose. Three, mongoose. Mongoose. All right. <laughs> Mine is a beaver. Um, I want to change mine. I want to change mine. What do you want to be? I want to be. I want to be an owl because I'm not. I'm not what they seem. Bo. All right, you can be an owl if I can then be the majestic moose. You can be the. Oh my god, it's amazing. This is such a great idea. Between the two of us, we could sound like a distorted pipe band. (laughs) <laughs> one of those ones that plays the pan pipes. Yeah. You know that? And I'm like, whoo. I think they call that country. Um, I, <laughs> I would not know. I hate this stuff. So, All right. So uh, we have a conversation here. Get this show back on track. God damn it. Um, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> talk about mongoose. Bunch of nonsense. Mongoose. <laughs> Talk about Twin Peaks, goddammit. Um, <laughs> just imagine I'm sitting in full Indian headdress, and it's the greatest image I've got in my head right now. Uh, yeah, like arms folded across his chest. Oh, it has to be. Yeah. Sitting there, you know, passing the peace pipe. Yeah. You know? uh, love that guy. All right, so <laughs> um, <laughs> there's a great Albert scene now. Um, yeah. 
where Agent Cooper... Which is every Albert scene, by the way. We're just stressing that. But this one's a particularly good one. Yeah, it's very good. And uh, Albert is shaken down, uh, not shaken down, but kind of breaking down for Agent Cooper what he's found so far, which is like he's he is now being tasked with, hey, can you help us look into uh, Joan Chen and or Josie Packard? Um, and he's like, yeah, 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 but look, you know, this lady sounds like trouble because first of all, the way he puts it is like there's an epidemic of multiple gunshot wounds that follows yeah. this lady. <laughs> <laughs> which is a great turn of phrase and um but it is like look this she smells dirty coop and i'm gonna mm-hmm. do this but you have to understand if we're asking these questions you know we got to be ready for those answers and agent cooper is like you know what i'm gonna go talk to her i'm gonna i'm gonna give her a chance to kind of lay it out um yeah. <laughs> Albert says maybe she'll grow wings and join the circus. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, the whole exchange between Agent Cooper and Albert is fantastic. It's, 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 it's the greatest thing. A yeah. quality Albert scene. Um, speaking of quality, Duncan. Oh, bring it to me, boy! Bring it to me. I'm gonna give it to you. It's gonna be some Audrey over at the uh, the Great Northern. They yep. are. Um, she all right so she's trying to learn the ropes around the the great northern which means yes. that she has to spend a week doing every job in this case it's uh concierge yes and the concierge who's working the job is like i don't much care for this like it's <laughs> he's, really, he's really unhappy and you can kind of see that we've all been in, i don't know if you have but i have been in at least one job where the the person that owned the company brought in their their offspring um and kind of let them experience the business a little bit and i kind of got this feeling you know that right they were going to do my job for a little bit but ultimately i know that they're going to end up at the top of this company and i am not right which means you know i mean they're just going to fuck around i'm not going to take the job serious and i I might even end up out of work here and this is kind of this guy this guy's just like this is just a game to you Travel around. I can't wait till you're like a, a chambermaid. You know, I can't remember. You know, where you're you're cleaning out rooms and stuff. I, I'm looking forward to that point. But at this point, you know, you're just not taking this job seriously, which is unfair to Audrey because in the past, like maybe in season one, I would have said that's an accurate statement. But as we know recently, Bo, she's turned over a new leaf. She is genuinely interested in taking over the family estate. Mm-hmm. She wants she wants to get involved, and part of that is to very seriously, you know, be involved with this, but she forgets that she's ran amok in this hotel since she's a little kid and all the staff know what she's like, so it's difficult for them to trust her. It's a, it's a horrible catch straight too. Yeah, but she is, she like you said, she's serious about this. She's ready to roll. Um, she is settling into the desk. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, she's getting her name tag on. She's in a bit of a, a, a frazzle. Um, and here, Duncan, I pause to ask a question. Yes, ask me. Court Psyops asks us: <laughs> Does the appearance of Billy Zane mean the Twin Peaks episodes are getting good again? I don't know, Court. You tell me. Is a dreamy smile and charm for days good? I think it is, but I will say this: it is interesting that the 
they have replaced the romantic interests of Audrey Horn with a character that looks surprisingly like Dale Cooper. <laughs> Similar to you, but he's um, he's a bit more of a rugged kind of dude. Yeah, he's, he's the rugged Dale Cooper. He's Dale Cooper. Uh, Dale Cooper is trying to go down this look, but it's still very much a, I'm an FBI agent. Everything is uniform. Everything is correct. I'm a man of the mind. Um, this guy's more like a, hey, I've got a seven-inch dick. Nah, floppy. Uh, and it's, it's looking for a home. It's looking for a home inside Audrey Horn. Uh, look at me. Look at me, Sashi. I don't care about money because I'm rich. That's right, my middle name is Justice, and that's what will be served, along with my seven-inch floppy penis. Look at me, I'm Billy Zane, I'm the guy that you love from such great tales from the crypt. Um, movies, I was the Phantom, which I was never a big Not a good movie, of. yeah. No, not a good movie. He's good in it, though, and you know, look at me, I'm just doing this thing here. And I, I, like, if you're me, Bo, you're sitting there going, but that's right, Billy Zane. Dear God, Billy Zane is in this show. Yeah. Oh my God, I am now all of a sudden, I now remember the Billy Zane character arc. I'm strapping myself in. Um, and she at first is kind of like, I'm, I'm busy, right, whatever. And he's like, ah, but I was sent over here to speak to him. And she's like, yeah. And he's like, oh, well, maybe you're, you know, you know maybe she want to be left alone or something. She looks up and they make eye contact and it's, at last my love is coming along. Right, I mean, it's just charming McHandsome over here. They are the perfect couple, and <laughs> they really are like the cutest couple. Their children will look gorgeous. But you, yeah, you, God, would they? Um, <laughs> had to take a second. I was like, oh, oh, Duncan. Um, yeah, you know what? You know what? Both they had a daughter. If they had a daughter, right? That daughter would be seventeen. It would be at Audrey Horn's age again. But it would be like an amalgamation of the two. Or that's th- danger. Danger on legs. The other way this could go Uh-oh. is that the offspring that they had was like eighty-five percent eyebrows. <laughs> Just thick black eyebrows with calves sticking out of the bottom. Um. <laughs> uh, which is truly lynching. That's something he would do. Yeah, yeah. As we'll see. How would, how would he sell that in a in a, a pitch to um, a studio? I wonder how he would say that. Did you ever see the Adams family? <laughs> it's like cousin it with a dick. <laughs> I don't know why that it's was. It's like cousin it with a dick is the greatest line <laughs> that has been said on the show thus far. I, I, I will say probably <laughs> unlikely to be top. Um, it's my new favourite thing um, <laughs> and then that you hear that line and then you buy the bow t-shirt which has the words huh underneath that and that's it it's perfect yeah perfect. We are, again idea machine yeah um, idea machine I, right, by the way god damn it <laughs> yeah right I was, just, I, I was actually just thinking like it's about time um <laughs> stick to the show god damn it um so but our, here's why Billy Zane can get away with anything. Billy Zane, I mean, is all like this is young, what mid twenties, probably. Billy Zane, it must be, yeah. And I mean, just be. this is peak Zane. This is the <laughs> the Zapex. Um, yeah, the, like the buzz around this guy was in Zane. Oh, Duncan. <laughs> um. <laughs> 
But he, he, his come on to Audrey, as well you should, as well you should, uh, his come on to Audrey is one of the creepiest things any man could ever do because he's like, I have a picture of you and dressed up like a milkmaid with a dirndl. And she's like, I don't wear those. And and he's like, he closes his eyes and he's like, you just did. See, when you say it that way, it sounds fucking horrible. Right, because, <laughs> right, that's what I'm saying. When I say it, I sound like someone that you should probably call the police about. But when he says it with his, you know, chiseled chin and shock of black hair, uh, it's like, yeah, all right. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go and buy that milkmaid's outfit, <laughs> right? And he's describing, and, and uh, you know, like you have pigtails, and you're a milkmaid, and <laughs> his voice is amazing. <laughs> and she's like, uh-huh. but like I said, you know, I say it, and it's like this guy's gonna abduct me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but. And then he just kind of trots off. He's like, I got to go think about this some more in private. We've made this guy a sex pest. Like, literally, we just talked about how excited we are he's on the show. And then the, the, the three minutes is taken to talk about this scene, we have we have converted him into a sex pest. Once again, only on this show can we take, like, <laughs> can we take the pure good that is Billy Zane and, and, and corrupt it so horribly. I cannot wait till later on where the more impressions are coming. I can't wait to join in on the impressions. We are going to take some very innocent lines and make them sound filthy. Amazing. Well done. I applaud you, Mr. Ransdell. I applaud you. Eh, you know, it's it's what I bring to the show and the only thing. <laughs> it's the uh, only thing you bring to the show. Audrey's got a note, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. mysterious yeah. note. <laughs> Get to the note, goddammit. Um, <laughs> goddammit. And she opens it. It's a torn piece of a larger note but there is a smaller piece of paper in there which says to save the one you love please attend a gathering of angels at the roadhouse tonight at 9 30 right and she has like the right side of a sheet of paper mm-hmm. um and yeah and you know why would you ever go to that i don't know but that's where we're gonna end up this episode um yes. So let's go uh, to the home of Nadine and Big Ed. Ed! And Ed is, uh, like, Nadine comes in and, and immediately confronts uh, Ed because he's like, how was school today, Nadine? And she's like, Ed, we gotta talk! And Can we not use our inner voices, Nadine? Right. What, like, you... Can we not maybe make charades? Maybe write it down for me. Pass it over notes. Well, let's let's use the old lost art writing letters. That that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, Nadine, I want you to go invent the internet, and I want you to email to me what you have to say. <laughs> uh, okay. I mean, maybe, if only our conversations were as silent as those silent grapes. <laughs> <laughs> if only, if only you were as silent as your drapes, Nadine. <laughs> This marriage stands a fucking chance. Um, but. 
Nadine has a revelation for us. Oh, dear. Yeah. And she's like, Ed, we got to break up. And he's like, why? I mean, first of all, yes. Second of all, huh? <laughs> and she's like, Mike and I spent a wonderful night together. And he's like, oh, Jesus Christ, that poor young man. Um, all right, I'm willing to make the moral decision to just <laughs> let this go. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the high. I, I I'm gonna take the legitimate, guilt-free high ground here of understanding that even though in your mentally deficient capacity, that we have agreed, we have an accord here that we are going to split amicably. And that is fine. And there's nothing wrong about my decision here. I am not abandoning you, although it may be seen that way. I am not. I am the good guy. I am the good guy in this scene, and everything is okay. I am the good guy. Not not bailing on you, because you've agreed. Everything is fine. Right. You you like in this conversation, you are giving me a get out of coma a free card. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going I get to, out of hell card. I'm That's what you're giving me. Take that. Hell, thank you. Thank you. I will I will I will use this get out of hell card in a later scene when Dr. Jacoby will be there reminding us all how much we love Dr. Jacoby. Yes. Um but yeah, it's all like Ed! Have you heard of face fucking? Face fucking. I knew you were gonna say that. Mike and I did that <laughs> a lot. and he's like first of all nadine i don't need to hear that second (laughs) of all that poor poor young man (laughs) third of all i'm gonna compartmentalize my repulsion and say if you want to break up i think i understand and let's do it (laughs) uh so ed is poised (laughs) He is on the very brink of freedom. Meanwhile, yep. poor Mike is uh, in in the clutches of a sexual sadist now. I, 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 yeah, I was thinking that as well. Later scenes would beg to differ. I right, but that's that's that uh, Stendhal syndrome again. Um, <laughs> it's not the Stendhal syndrome it's Stockholm syndrome Stendhal syndrome is the Argento movie we've done this before on this show the Argento movie where he has someone rape his daughter on screen okay that's Stockholm what... syndrome is when you sympathize or empathize with your captors I said what I meant um, <laughs> god damn it god damn it alright so that's all that's going on with them right now but we will get back to Nadine don't you worry listeners yeah, we, 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 we will try and get ourselves back there as soon as humanly possible. I mean, there aren't more important stories like the coop sitting down with Josie, confronting her, uh-huh. basically saying, listen, I know you shot me. <laughs> you know, all right, so here's the other awesome thing about the way Agent Cooper puts this. Uh, so it's Agent Cooper at, at the, uh, you know, Packard Sawmill sitting down with, with uh, Jim Chen, Josie Packard. And uh, as you said, kind of giving her the business. But the way he puts it is, I don't know what place Harry occupies in your heart, but I know you own his. It's a really lovely line. 
And but then he's like, also, I know you shot me, and she's like, oh, Agent Cooper. <laughs> and he, he he's like, here's the deal: made outfit or no, you are going to be at the sheriff's station by nine, and we're going to hash this out. And she's like, oh, okay, okay. And uh, then see you next Tuesday, Catherine Martell, who had been kind of listening to all of this, uh, busts in and is like, oh, you look terrible, Josie. Being like, oh, she's a total cunt. Oh. Sorry, I know we usually spell it out. She is a total cunt in this scene. It, yes. Like, she it's is glorious. Direct, Absolutely glorious. She is directly responsible for what comes next and everything everything minus the supernatural but um, well yes i don't think we can blame her for that Uh, but everything here because basically she says you know you're gonna have to confront andrew you're gonna have to sit down and speak to him he wants to speak to you alone and you're also gonna have to confront eckhart because he wants you back and you're gonna have to speak to him and i wonder what he's gonna think when he finds out that andrew's still alive is he gonna think that you lied to him maybe you double crossed him i mean I, 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 I don't know. Maybe maybe you can lie to him. Maybe you can tell him something that will save your life. But let's be honest, that might not happen. And while she's doing all this, she's kind of fiddling around with a bookcase. And she removes a book which has a set of keys behind it. And, you know, jo- Josie has literally just turned around and said to her, you need to help me. I think I'm going mad. Um, and she removes this book, lifts the set of keys, and takes the book away with her. And the camera pans down and we see a fucking gun which has been hidden behind there, and she's like, ah, "I know you know, I know you need, you know what you need to do, uh, but you need to go and see Eckhart." And so she goes and grabs the gun, and then starts like hugging it, um, and and we're left going, "What the fuck is going on here? Is is Jussie once again going to kill? Is she going to shoot again? I, like she, we already know she's a crack shot, bro. Yeah, good with all." Pistola, but um, yeah, I lo- I love this scene. I love this scene because this is us finally, like we joke, right? You know, see you next to Catherine Martell and bit cheese and all the rest. But in the, every now and again, you need that kind of sitcom character, which is two steps away from throwing a glass of wine in someone's face and giving them a hard slap. Yeah, and that is what she is here. She is fucking amazing in this scene. Piper Laurie steals this scene with ease. It's brilliant. Yeah, it, it's fantastic. It is much like we had Prime Albert earlier. This yes. is quality. See you next Tuesday, Catherine Martell. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So she, like, like we said earlier, there are flickers of genius throughout these next uh, couple of episodes. It's like it's like a pulse is back in in Twin Peaks. And yeah. speaking of pulses in Twin Peaks, <laughs> let's let's raise a few because we are now going to venture back to the Great Northern where Ben Horn is addressing uh, his confidants, brother Jerry, uh, daughter Audrey, homina homina heart, and uh, uh, Bobby, Bobby, as well as the newest arrival, uh, Billy Zane, uh, who is, of course, playing John Justice Wheeler. We finally get the full introduction here. And... He is a guy that is has made a lot of money in construction that Ben Horn back in the day had invested some money in uh, because he believed in him is what he says. 
and and he's been incredibly successful. And now Ben Horn, as the Horn family, is down on its luck. As as Ben himself says, we we lost the Ghost Raven Estates. Uh, we we don't have the sawmill. You know, the only thing we've got going for us is, is us, the human spirit. He says. But he's also, may I add, wearing the most horrendous shell suit outfit ever. I, I forgot, like, shell suit tracksuit things were uh, like a thing in the, the, the very early 90s, and then it, then it reminded me why they should never, ever, ever come back. Ever, ever, Bo. They yeah. should never, ever come back. Um, but I, I love this because he, he basically says that he's, you know, he has a new plan. Yeah. His new plan is to, to invest in the future, Bo, to invest in people. To invest in, in Twin Peaks, to invest in the Pine Weasel, and everyone in the room is just like, "What?" Because <laughs> everyone's nodding up to that point, and they're like, "Huh?" He's like, "Yeah, the Pine Weasel. You know, it's this tiny little rodent, this local species that can only be found in the woods of Twin Peaks, right? And they're practically extinct. You mean they're, they're practically? So I'm going to step. You know what? I'm going to get behind the Pine Weasel." I am going to make sure that Ghostwood doesn't happen to protect the poor, innocent little pine weasel. And um, Jerry looks at him and says, so, you know, we, we basically we run with this grind-up production so it can happen until it falls back in our hands and then we're moving it. This is genius. This right. Is actual genius. But once again, Ben is, he's back. He's back. We'll love it. It's gonna, he's going to strike back at Catherine. But do it through. I imagine this is the sort of shit that they used to do when Leland was seen and not raping his daughter. Um, so I imagine these are the sort of schemes. Because remember, we had that flourish of of Leland saying, "Well, we transfer some money into here and we lock these things down here, and then we wait this thing out." And this is this is how I imagine this is how these guys do. But they do business like businessmen because mm-hmm. this. Is what businessmen do, and I love this because Catherine's like, "Well, I can do all these things," and, and Ben's like, "Well, you know, I can tie things up. I can play the system. I can play the system." I love. There's a great line here uh, where basically Audrey says, and, "And you know, like, and then what?" And he's like, "That, and then I'm considering running for Senate." Right. I just, I think this is just great. As like, he's back. He's Ben Horn is back. He's back swinging. He's he's about to set things out here. A potential future in politics. Who knows? The world's his oyster, but the world is his oyster. Yep. And uh, it's ridiculous. But it, but it's kind of... I don't know if I've just been clubbed into submission by this show at this point. Uh, by the past, I don't know, three or four episodes. Uh, but when the pine weasel thing came up, I was like, you know what? That's pretty funny. I'm going with this. I burst it laughing. Yeah. I actually burst it laughing when it comes. He's like... <laughs> Cause I knew it was coming as well, but I just couldn't remember what it was called. He's like, here's my plan. He's like, you're really, you're thinking, is it some sort of like extension to, to, to the hotel? Is it some sort of new resort idea? What like, I sort of goes, the pine weasel. In. And I'm like that. Oh, he's still fucking crazy. He is still crazy. He, there is no sanity here at all. He is insane in the membrane. Um, <laughs> hey, I, was, I, I like it. I like a good weasel. <laughs> you can play with my weasel. Um, oh. It's long no. and furry. <laughs> long and furry and bites. Um, has rabies. Bombs <laughs> at the mouth. It Come bites in, <laughs> It bites into the soft flesh. And it hangs on and then kicks. 
<laughs> it makes this noise when it's threatened. <laughs> it sounds a little like Nadine. I know I haven't met her yet. Imagine it to them. She hadn't seen her. But I had um, a feeling. I have God. lots of feelings. Um, but but yeah, like literally. literally <laughs> oh, God. Like, like yeah, when that's revealed, you you can't not laugh at something like that. You know, it, it's it is silly. It's silly and over the top. It does maybe question, and like even even up to this point, I was like that. You know, when Jerry's like, "Yeah, we we'll hold them up, we we'll tie them in red tape." I was kind of like, a partner was like, "No, like maybe Ben will run with this, maybe, but maybe that's not what Ben was thinking when he said it. Maybe it's just an accidental great idea." Um, but it turns out that is what he was thinking, so it's fine, it's fine. But yeah. So um, I love this. We've now got two factions. We have one led by the incredibly ruthless, incredibly malevolent Catherine Martell, the CU next Tuesday. And then we have the other consortium um, of wacky, crazy people with apparently sexual deviancies and um, weird accents and, and people that repeat over here, over here at the end of sentences, working on their plan up there, both pitching for uh, for Ghostwood, um, so it's, it's a it's a cool little story. That's this is one of the better ones that's going on in the background. Yeah, quite like this. Yeah, and it's a shame that Bobby has so little play. I barely got any lines over here, over here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I really, like, it was his face. Like once again, great use of food in this series. So Jerry's just walking around with this plat, the you know kind of plate of hors d'oeuvres, and um, Ben's walking around with a giant celery stick. Yeah. Yeah, he's using that as a pointer <laughs> for the for his plants. Right, and it's one of those like like crazy flowery top celery sticks too, like you see in yeah. cartoons and whatnot. But um, yeah, it's it's pretty great. Um, uh, how much do we care about this next scene? All right, so at the double R, uh, we've got so there's some good and bad. There's some stuff that I, I don't care about because it's Shelley, and there's only so much Shelley I can take. Um, oh, I know. I mean, God bless her. I know she's going through a lot, but ugh. Um, so anyway, um, we find out that Norma's sister Annie, uh, who has been at a convent, uh, for for several years, is coming to visit, and um, Shelley is, uh, is of course like I could never be a nun. No boys, am I right? Um, <laughs> you're like, oh, Shelly, you're kind of the worst sometimes. Um, but but uh, one person who disagrees with me is Wyndham Earl, who, master of disguise, Wyndham Earl. Uh, oh, so many disguises. So many disguises. This guy's having the time of his life. Yeah, He's this... like, finally, I get to break out trucker, trucker outfit. Finally, I get to wear strange passerby biker in the background finally i get to, you know, he's like i get to break out weird doctor's outfit he's literally he's like he's like yay he goes out with powder powder makeup dude he's like oh he's like meanwhile leo stein uh, leo stein's in the background knocking over things pretending he's half half reanimated corpse half cat yeah. um you know it's just it's just like that we don't get enough of watching him do the costumes which i think is just 
maybe maybe I could go. No, 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 too risky, too risky. Maybe I truck. No, 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 no. That, that, that if it doesn't work, right, 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 trucker, trucker. That's what we're going with. And he's in there like all tee hee heeing it up and being a spy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's like, "Hey there, little darling." He doesn't sound like that. <laughs> that's what truckers sound like, though. Um, and uh, but like he takes off and 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 leaves behind an envelope. Like we have seen um, from uh, Audrey. Yes. And so she has, uh, uh, Shelly has the middle piece of of the page and uh, is invited to the shindig at the roadhouse uh, at 930. So um, as we close out this scene, get to the romance, (laughs) goddammit. Big Ed strolls in. And in a great Big Ed moment, like this is probably my favorite part of this scene because it's just, it's not quite like this is the romance we've always been waiting for, but it's just yeah. kind of like, well, it's nice that Ed finally gets a, a day in court. As I said on a previous episode when Ed and uh, Norma finally do it, um, that I was kind of, I was happy for him, you know? Um, so once again, Ed strolls in because, you know, he's off the coma ape le- uh, leash because uh, yep. he thinks he's about to ditch her. So he strolls in, kicks open, uh, I don't know, what do you call them little bars that you swing up to get behind a counter? Um, uh, swing bar, I don't know. All right, <laughs> so he lifts up the swing bar. Uh, listeners, please correct us. Uh, so he lifts up the, the swing bar and is like, Norma, I have loved you for a long time, and we're going to do it again later and proposes to her actually yeah uh, asked asked to marry her and uh she doesn't say yes in this scene if i don't i don't recall that uh and, and I, I don't have it in the notes does it isn't she just like oh ed um <laughs> yeah well yeah because still she's still technically married to tank right he's still technically married to nadine so he's maybe being a bit foolhardy here that has to happen before they can get Married, so. All right, well, we'll get to it, but before we do that, uh, we do um, actually check in with Master of Disguise, Wyndham Earl, and Leo Stein. And, <clears throat> yeah, Leo is whittling, um, you know, just sitting on a log. And, by the way, nice work from uh, the production design team to put a bunch of wood shavings beneath him for this scene. Because I remember, yeah. like, I remember noticing that and thinking, like, oh, yeah, I probably would have forgotten that because I don't know how to make movies. Um, but anyway, nice touch. Uh, but Leo is uh, whittling a bunch of sticks. And Wyndham Earl is reciting uh, or singing a song that becomes a, a poem recital, uh, which, uh, by all accounts, is the poem on the sheet of paper. Yeah. And when he takes a uh, one of the whittled sticks from Leo Stein, who's you know <laughs> grabs out of his hand, and <laughs> then uh, fits an arrowhead upon it, and you realize that Leo has been basically whittling shafts for arrows for Wyndham Earl. Yeah, which doesn't seem like a thing you want to give Wyndham Earl because he's a crazy person. Yeah, that's maybe maybe not our mom. Just saying. Yeah, super sharp, 
but then again, he's got he's still listeners. You may recall in the last episode, Wyndham Earl put a goddamn dog collar on Leo Stein, one of the, one of them shock collars. So if Leo Stein gets out of line, he uh, he gets the zap. Uh, he does get the zap. And in fairness, Leo Stein is only like two degrees above a common dog. He's, yeah, he can do rudimentary tasks um, and can follow instruction, but the you know the lights the lights are on, but there's no one at home. But oh yeah, it's it, it like the actual Frankenstein's monster was possessed of more personality and heart and warmth than Leo Stein, who is just like he he, he might as well be a, a robot. And not one of them cool Westworld robots, neither. Like, uh, uh, one of those, like, Rocky Four robots. Yeah. That's real shitty. So shitty. Yeah. Rattling <laughs> <laughs> good. Um, so, yeah, that's going on. But let's get back to Norma and, and Hank. Because um, nothing really happens in that scene. It's just like, oh, here's the poem. And also, I have arrows now. Um, and, uh, Norma, meanwhile, is visiting Hank, uh, hi, in prison, <laughs> or not in prison, but, you know, the sheriff's station, and, uh, Norma is like, hey, uh, Hank, I want a divorce, and he's like, you know what, I get it, I've been doing some stuff that, well, just rubs you the wrong way, I understand that. <laughs> So I'm going to see a therapist and I'm going to change. And she's like, bull to the shit you are. Uh, I've heard this before, Hank. Hey, and I am done with you. And he, meanwhile, he's also kind of worried about the fact that he might be going on trial for murder pretty soon. And yep. so he gives her a little bit of roughhouse and he's like, come here, lady. And kind of shakes her a little bit. <laughs> Pulsar gets the bar and he's like, remember, I was with you the night that Leo got shot. And she's like, uh, you know what? I am not, ha I'm not going to have anything to do with this. You're on your own. And as she's leaving or about to leave, he's like, you're his whore. You're a bigot's whore, an Ed whore. And <laughs> she's like, and, and Norma has a great line where she's like, I'd rather be his whore than your wife. How about yeah. that, Hank? He's like, well, I don't like that a bit. Um, <laughs> it, it goes, it goes quite crazy. Starts shaking the cells, shouting. Um, what sounded like? How did that sound, Paul? Ah! <laughs> oh! <laughs> it's accurate. That's that's how it happens. Yeah. Um. Get me out of this cage. Despite all my rage, I'm still just a rat in a cage. Um, <laughs> oh, no, you did not, sir. No, so, you did not. Is he dead yet? Probably. What, Billy Corgan? No. Yeah. I, I mean... No, he's still, he's still very much alive. I think he owns, he owns like a wrestling company or something now. Yeah, sounds about right. Um, all right, so uh, let's get the hell out of there. Move to a different room in the police station where um, we are figuring out a move with one uh, Pete Bartell. Um, and his task is a difficult one, Duncan, which is to play the game to a stalemate. 
Yeah. Uh, the idea is like you can't lose any pieces. Yeah, he's, he's worked out that the 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 best way he can play things at the moment, anticipating what Wyndham Era will do, will be to stall the game, but at the cost of six players, which is six lives. Um, and Cooper is obviously like, he's like, well, kind of seems a bit unacceptable, but he's not interested in pawns. He's going to want the big players. So what we can do, protect the queen. And uh, meanwhile. It turns out that Lucy and Andy are are learning how to play chess, um, and they have some supposed to be comical interaction, which I can't be bothered talking about because it's shit. Yeah, um, it's about the way and, the horsey moves and fuck it. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> I I but um, I Albert, had a conversation about that from the show. <laughs> Albert's walking past, makes the old eye contact with Cooper's like, "Can I have a word with you in the hall?" Um, and like obviously at this point Truman knows that it's about Joan Chen. Um and he basically says, Listen, we have checked things out, uh you know, she's definitely the sure she's definitely the person that shot you. Um there's powder residue, etc. So we know that. Know that, you know, um someone as a witness up in Seattle who can positively ID Josie as the, the Asian man's killer. So that's, you know, definitely the, the, she needs to get arrested now, and and Albert it, Albert's kind of pushing Kip to do the right thing, and Kip's like, no, listen, we'll handle it our own way, and you know, j- just leave it with me, and everything will be okay. But at this point, they turn around, and Truman's walking past. Truman makes eye contact with him, and he storms out, and um, Albert's like, well, looks like we don't have to do it, and maybe you've done it, maybe, maybe this is it now. This is things will sort themselves out, and everything will be happy, and we'll get Josie the help that she needs and a federal penitentiary somewhere, and that's what will happen. Everything will be okay, no craziness, no weirdness, just a simple, did you commit this crime? Yes, you did. Here's the handcuffs. I'm arresting you on the charge of blah, 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 blah. Going to court, do you plead, you plead guilty? Excellent. Send this woman to prison on a reduced sentence because you pled guilty. Everything will be okay. She's about 25 years, maybe 15 in good behaviour, and there, yay, the world has been put right. By this scene, kind of. But that's not what happens. No, not even a little bit. So, we are instead, Duncan, going to have a uh, last conversation (laughs) between Josie Packard and her former husband, the man that she was supposed to kill and then didn't because her heart sometimes gets the better of her, Duncan. Uh, Although... I don't know. I don't, it's hard to imagine Joan Chin being like, "Oh yeah, he does it for me." Um, and and in regards to Andrew Packard, but um, at any rate, so Andrew Packard's just like, "Yep, I'm about to uh, hand you over to him, and um, you know, I'm not going to help you." Like she kind of pleads with him a little bit and and whatnot but i mean really this whole scene is is kind of just about like hey you're fucked and and andrew packard himself says like this is the last time we will ever talk yeah says to beginnings and endings and the wisdom to know the difference yep great line yep um you know who we've been missing oh who have we been missing hey everybody <laughs> I'm in this scene. 
Yeah, he's about to about to fuck off for a while again. Yeah. Um, right, he shows everyone up. is sad. Everyone is sad except Donna and the audience. Well, and I don't know that Donna's all that sad. Uh, yeah, she's pretty. She's 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 acting a bit heavy here, bro. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. So Donna shows up and it's like, oh, I'm totally not doing this prequel movie. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's like that way. Like if someone who you have, someone in the office that you work in is leaving, and you throw a surprise leaving party, but everyone seems really keen on the fact that you're leaving. Yeah, that usually is a sign that no one really liked you. Um, and and Donna's very very keen. Once James is like, you know, I need to go back. And Donna's very like, oh well, you can go and take as long as you want. Right? Maybe I'll get like a meaningful, a meaningful storyline in the remainder of this season. So you take as long as you want. But yeah, essentially, James admits the follies, folly of his ways. Being a silly man, what does he say? Uh, yeah, well, Donna is like, hey, you need to, to kind of fuck off. Like, I know about you and Madam Deadtooth, and you should just go, like, find yourself or whatever. So they, they have this picnic, and um, he's like, you don't look like Laura, and, because I don't get to do that again for a while. And, <laughs> okay, your system. Okay, your yeah, system. Uh, and she's like, I know I, know I don't. We've <laughs> gone over this a number of times. <laughs> Uh, and he's like, but you have some food, and food's good. Can I have some of this food? And she's, she's like, yes, James. So now I want you to go, and I want you to take all the time that you need, and I love you, and I'll miss you, but go. And I don't yeah. know how much I need to underline that, but you should go. And it's actually, her sentiment is actually kind of nice, which is, go away for a while and I'm going to live my life and you're going to live yours. And then we're going to generate new stories for each other. And when we meet again, our history isn't just Laura Palmer. Yeah. A lot of you don't look like, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. So, so good. Um, uh, so uh, we go back to the sawmill because we are like we really only have a couple of central locations for this episode. We're not doing too much story hopping. Um, and and Harry arrives and he speaks to um, see you next Tuesday, Catherine Martell, and he says that he's looking for Josie. He's there to arrest her. Yep. And um, she, surprise, surprise, starts off being a bit cunty with her answer. You know, oh, I don't know, possibly where she could have went. She's left, but Pete, being Pete. And it's like that. Oh, she told me she's going to the Great Northern, and like you can see, Catherine look at me as if to say, "It's me on the Northern E." Well, this, <laughs> what are you doing? And he's like, "Ah, yeah, he was off to see an old friend, I think." And Truman basically pleads with Catherine, and she's like, "Yeah, she's off to see Thomas Eckhart and the Great Northern." And Truman says, "To the back of my bill," and it goes diddly diddly do, and then that's him away. So he's away, heading up that way. Yep. Yep, and then um, we then get a clip within the hotel, and this is where Thomas Eckhart finally finds out that Andrew Packard is still alive when they bump, e- bump into each other in an elevator. Loving an elevator, living an album going down. Wow. But they don't make out, thank fuck. <laughs> I was hoping you were going to go further with that, but uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know the next line of the song. Uh, otherwise, I would join. It's, it's all, it's all, uh, 
Something, 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 something. Hey, oh, something, right, but that's what I was looking for is one of the actual verses. And or uh not the chorus, but the actual, you know. Oh. You know, yeah, I don't know any of that shit. God damn it, the past couple of scenes have been efficient and you fucked up and talked about Aerosmith, goddammit. In a previous episode of Twin Peaks, I played Mr. Tojimura. Uh, Tojimura. God damn it. Um, uh, honorable people. The greatest, greatest mistake of this show. It's the only thing they've ever done wrong. Yep. And it's the only mistake we did was not casting uh, Mr. Tojimura as played by Wilford Brimley. Right. Stand by that. Only mistake. Um, so they, what, what they did to make the scene... The scene look authentic as they got mascara and they put it through his moustache to make it look dark. <laughs> That's all you would have to do, but you know he would so enter. Literally everything else about him is totally 100% Asian. <laughs> he would have to come in riding a horse. That's <laughs> my most honorable horse, goddammit. <laughs> 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 I call him Nagasaki. Because <laughs> he's a bomb, but only a little one. Oh, God. <laughs> what? God damn it. God damn it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so... Um, Hiroshima the... got the worst of it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not gonna... I was, uh, I was saying back. dead center of that blast. It's difficult for me to distract the conversation by using the keyboard goddamn it if you're already yeah, right, right, it fair just enough. seems like I'm interacting if I, yeah, if uh, I'm going too far with Wilford god Brimley goddammit 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 right in goddammit uh, quit using me as a goddamn excuse um, it's like when it's like when I say China 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 China, China. Right, um, <laughs> uh, yeah so um, he basically he at this position he could do the honourable thing uh, Andrew that is intelligent but he doesn't he says he, he basically lies to Thomas's face and said that Josie had tipped him off um, and that's how he managed to escape assassination and if he's not careful guess what Bo guess what she'll kill him too mm-hmm. and David Warner is like well that's good information and I will uh, I will certainly keep that in mind as I deal with the woman I am purchasing from you yeah. Uh, as uh, uh, an object of sexual slavery. So. Yeah. Every hole's a goal, Bo. <laughs> oh, Duncan. <laughs> what? Every hole's a go? <laughs> we have a green light on all holes. <laughs> yeah. It, oh, yeah. I, I see that. I'm creepy. Fucking Billy, Billy Zane says it. Everyone's like, oh, so adorable. <laughs> Yeah. And Bo does it in Billy Voices. Every yeah. hole's a go. Oh, so creepy. So <laughs> fucking creepy. Like, legitimately, every single listener that has listened to that scene shivered slightly and the hair in the back of their neck went up. <laughs> Spe- all right, speaking of known sexual predator, <laughs> J. Jonah Jameson, uh, what's his name? John Justice Wells Lee Harding. John, well, John Wesley College. John Wilkes Booth. John Wilkes Booth is chatting it up with Audrey. He's like, I have to get to the theater. Um, <laughs> I have to kill me a president. <laughs> How do you feel about presidents, Audrey? I'm a get em. Um So, 
And um, I'm going to speak to the great emancipator. When I shoot him, I'm going to do a line right from an Arnie movie. I'm going to say, emancipate this. Emancipate this right in your bottom, sir. Um, <laughs> bottom. <laughs> and I say good day, sir. God damn That's it. what he said after he shot like Lincoln. He shot me and said, I say good day, sir. Right. The, the, bo- both of them said it. Like a- a- Abraham Lincoln, upon being shot, was like, oh, I bid you good day, sir. And John Wilkes Booth <laughs> was like, day. I bid you good day. Uh, for eternity. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a dinner scene. That was stupid, have... God damn it. Um, anyway. God damn it. Ben, Audrey, and John Justice. Yeah. Wheeler. And uh, so the whole time he's just like, call me Jack. <laughs> and and she's just like, it, it, they, they chit chat a little bit. It's really just about like Ben and Audrey making flirty faces at one another, which yeah. I mean, you could make into a film. Don't get me wrong. Um, oh yeah, and uh, all right. Here's a creepy line. She's like, "So where have you been? What have you been doing? Like, where where all have you gone?" And he's like, "To all four corners of the earth. <laughs> There's a lot to see out there." <laughs> um, and then she's like, "I'm 18." <laughs> it's like literally our next dance, and and he's like. What's that got to do with the price eggs? Which is creepy. <laughs> and, and and but anyway, she's like, "Look, I gotta go." But you know what? You might be okay. Call me Jack. <laughs> and and she's like, "Okay, I'll see you later, Jack." Just what I wanted. Um, <laughs> the voice, the voice is really creepy. Um, so anyway, we jete, jete, uh, over to uh the roadhouse. Yeah, because it's time to get this fucking part of the story, which has been dragging it over the, over the whole episode together. Because there's going to be some big massive reveal here which is going to be worth the time of opening all these letters. Surely it's not just going to be like a ha games afoot. Um, it's, you know, it's not right. like that at all. But that's kind of what it is. Yeah, it's the three girls. Although, here's my favorite part of the whole scene, is uh, when um, Donna rolls up on Shelly, who's sitting at the bar, and... Uh, uh, Shelly is like, oh, hey, uh, what's going on there, Donna? You looking for James? And she's like, no. <laughs> I am not looking for James. <laughs> he has gone. He's gone. I'm so, I'm cut up about it. I'm so distraught. I don't know how I'll cope with him. <sighs> yeah, just like echoing in the distance, like, you don't look like Laura. Um, as he leaves for a while. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's just them. Like they put the thing together and they're like, Hey, what's going on? And meanwhile, at the, uh, end of the bar, Wendem Earl is in his trucker get up and he's like, Hey, got you guys on the hook, little darlings. And I, I don't, I'm sorry. I'll stop using that voice for Wendem Earl, but he's in trucker mode. So that's, that's trucker Wendem Earl. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it uh, for what's going on at the Roadhouse. So let's cut to the awesome Agent Cooper, who is in his room in the Great Northern, uh, practicing fly fishing with like a yarn rod and matching uh, orange socks. Strangely. Yeah, it's a weird outfit. Yeah. Um, and he gets a, uh, a call saying that one Josie Packard has entered the building, uh, removes the gun from his nightstand, Duncan. Yeah. And then heads to, uh, to the room whereupon Josie dwells and he hears her screaming, don't hurt me. Don't touch me from within the room. Mm-hmm. kicks open the door gun gun uh akimbo i don't think that's the proper use of that uh gun out <laughs> gun drawn <laughs> and is like hey what's up in here and <laughs> that that's how police should burst into a room hey what's going on yeah. um anyway so david warner <laughs> s- stands up uh because he and uh joseph packard are lying in bed and david warner stands up and he's got kind of a grin on his face but he's been shot right through his dickensian bedclothes uh (laughs) he does have a bit of a uh like oh he looks he looks at agent cooper tosses him a nickel and says buy me the biggest goose in all of christendom and then falls over yep and dead 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 as shit and so (laughs) But Josie's behind them, gun brandish, and she says, oh, you know, I, I, I have a gun. And <laughs> Agent Cooper is like, put that shit down, Josie. Don't make me do says, this. I will put you down like a dog, Josie. He says, yeah, he's, she, basically, <laughs> she basically says that he tried to attack her. Um, so she was defending herself. And Coop calls her out now. You just defend yourself. Whatever. You defending yourself against me. Why did you, why did you shoot me? And basically... This is the weakest. I, I told you before. Like, see, when I originally watched the second half of the second season, many years after it aired, um, I I had no clue who the who the person that shot Coop was, and that was a big deal back then. Um, when the show was on, and I always hated the reveal of it being Josie, and I always hated this shite um bit of trying to just close a storyline out and just you know. It just feels totally rushed and no thought on it at all. Basically, she says, because you came here and I'm not going to jail. You know, you're a lawman, you're smart, you would have figured out. There's no way I'm going to jail. It's never going to happen. Which is just the crappest. Back to the stir. (laughs) I said, starting a waiver. I know, Uh, I know. We said it before no more than three words, Bo. No more than three words are agreeing to someone else. Uh. You're right. No, you're you're absolutely yeah. right. I, I, <laughs> I, you know, but that's how you you achieve greatness, Duncan, is to reach beyond your means. Yes, and it's also how you get a fiasco. Um, yeah, yeah. So, but um, yeah. So, I I never liked this review, and I still right. don't. And I still don't. It's just it's just lazy, and it just really makes sense. And I don't think originally when this was written. For Kip to be shot, I don't originally think that uh, Josie Packard was intended to be the reveal. I think because David Lynch and Mark Frost had their hand kind of pushed in a direction of we need to have the reveal of the Laura Palmer killer by the middle of that second season. 
that I think they they had to recalibrate some things. So yeah, I never never liked this. And um, but this is just the beginning of what can only be described as a return to form. Bow question mark. Well, it's certainly weird. Um, so Josie Packard after you know Harry shows up and is like Josie dropped the gun. Like Coop said, we will put you down. I will drop you, Josie Packard. Um, <laughs> I I wish that scene were a lot more dramatic than it is. You're so like yeah. You're I, I'm now I now imagine Bo in a buddy cop series. <laughs> I want to be the tough one. You just got it. You've got it. It's oozing out you on this episode. Do not give me any shit. I will <laughs> drop you on the street right now in front of God and everybody. Um, so <laughs> I don't know what that show is called. Uh, I, I don't know, but it's amazing. I want to watch it. I want, all right. And I have to have a monkey sidekick. I want a chimpanzee yeah. sidekick, a buddy cop show with me as the tough guy and a chimpanzee as the comic relief, but he's oh, quietly. Yeah, the, name of, the name of the show is no place to bow. Oh, I know. All right. Idea machine. Idea machine. <laughs> um, God damn it. Get to the midget. All right. So um, <laughs> Josie Packard in the stupidest way to die ever just goes. Uh, well, uh, uh. Yeah, Harry comes in first and Harry, Harry like, goes out like goes in and she, she yeah, basically <laughs> if I do that, I'll cut you off and what could be the best thing that's ever happened. And does she die? <laughs> <laughs> oh wait I, that was it oh, yeah, that yeah. was the whole thing do i need to do it again yeah you kind of do because it kind of sounded like a cross between our dying of a heart attack or potentially like stumbling while holding some plates and trying to keep them in our hands <laughs> somewhere between the two all right let me see if i can I, I don't know i don't know if we can get lightning in a jar twice let's see uh oh i, I oh, oh. <laughs> Or she's lifting a warm bit of toast out of the, the toaster and she's, oh, 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 oh. And, yeah, and and she just kind of collapses on onto the top of the bit, oh, and co- yep. just falls out and she's fucking dead. She's dead. And, uh, like, no explanation for it. And we'll get no. uh, to that kind of next episode, and, and, which and, is and also a real big shrug. But yeah, and, and yeah, totally. Uh, no, nothing will be answered from this the end of this episode. By the way, they don't give a fuck. Um, y- your problem is that you want answers from it. You should know by now. You're not getting them. Uh, yeah. she, she she falls in the bed, but like, in previous scenes in this episode, she has almost been clutching her chest quite a lot. So I'm assuming that's their setup for it. It's shit. Um, and Harry cradles her body, and Coop looks on lovingly. And that's when the crazy starts. It, right. Yeah, it, it ramps up. It doesn't just like, oh, we're introducing a little crazy. It's like right up to 11 straight away. So we get that, what we've seen before in the past, where everything disappears and we have a spotlight in an area. And then we have the maniacal cackle of Bob, who we've not seen in a while, but he's still around. Apparently he's no longer commandeering the nil. Um, he's, he's back out there. Um, and he kind of pulls himself up over the side of the bed because that's how Bob appears to people and he says, Coop, what happened to Josie? Like this, um, and he, he kind of screams, laughs and all the rest and then banishes 
And I'm like, that, that's, that was incredibly powerful. But that's not the end of it, Bo. What no. happens next? Because next you get our, our little fella from the Red Room. Yeah, the man from the other place appears and he is doing some kind of backwards tap dance on top of the bed. Uh-huh. You like Cause... how I dance? Um, <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> right? I do well, it more than I should. Yeah. <laughs> and then... He disappears, and then everything kind of resets back to normal, and, um, you know, uh, Josie's still in uh, Truman's arms, he's, he's beside himself holding her, and then, and what I could say is, a scene that one, that doesn't make sense, and two, is just flat out fucking ridiculous, like, like really, even for this show, this scene is pushing the realms of believability to the extreme, we pan the camera down to a set of uh, bedside drawers and uh, we zoom in on the handle the wooden handle, the wooden knob handle of the drawer focusing on that and what happens then, Well, you see a superimposed image of Josie looking around like, oh, oh um (laughs) like, like she is surprised to find that she has somehow been placed on a drawer knob and then uh, a wood screensaver from you know the pipe era comes out of the knob like it's implying that somehow Josie Packard has been absorbed by By the the, the wood itself yeah it's bad Oh, I'm I'm a nab. <laughs> We've been saying that for a while. Um, <laughs> yeah, literally saying that for a while. Um, <laughs> it's I don't know. I don't know. It's oh, really? Well, let's let's. Uh... All right. I mean, is there anything to unpack here, or is this just weirdness? I mean, there. All right. So this could very well be a a sort of nod to you know first the spirituality of the place and stuff it it feels fucked up because nobody none of this stuff has ever kind of been around josie packard before yeah not, nothing's been around her before and um, there is this weird like see the fact that like bob appears there is almost like this weird kind of idea of was bob responsible for her death was bob controlling her you know potentially um you know why is Bob appeared? Why is why is he laughing? Why do we have the man from the other place? Why is she absorbed in into wood? That doesn't make any sense. And yeah. what's the frustrating thing about this is this is not something that and I, this this is a like a blatant spoiler. This is something that is not resolved in the rest of the series. It's obviously Firewalk means a prequel, so it's not resolved there. And Joan Chen is not in the cast list. For oh. She's not in the cast list. I don't know if you knew that. She doesn't cameo as the knob on this drawer. <laughs> surprise, surprise, she did not. But there was a great story that went about um I can tell this one just now because I think it's I think it's pretty fucking amazing. Um in, in the mythology of Twin Peaks, uh Joan Chen has a twin sister. Don't know if you know this. I did not know that. She does. She has she has a twin sister. Um and sister. You have a twin sister. Um, 
because Darth Vader said that. Um, and that was a terrible Darth Vader. It really uh, was. It was so pretty bad. rough. So bad. Um, but yeah, so she has a twin sister. No. And, um, <laughs> no. To that impression. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's my favorite thing that's happened in this episode. Uh, yeah, that's my new fave. Uh, yeah, so she has... She has um, like a twin sister who is, I think, and maybe some of the, I think it's maybe covered in the the secret world of the Twin Peaks and stuff. Um, but she's not in the, she's not in the cast list. So they, they they released this extensive list of cast for for season three. I mean, like essentially, it's like two hundred and seventy odd cameos in the show. So it's like fairly extensive. But it's lunch, so you should expect that. Always expect that from these movies. Um. She wasn't on it. And then there was a a leaked letter sent to one of the entertainment magazines written um, by, it would appear, um, Joan Chen as Josie Packard trapped in the wood. She leaked it to the press, written to David Lynch. That's good. Basically saying, you know, something about I've been trapped in trapped in the the Great Northern for for twenty odd years. Um you you know, uh, one day hoping that my sister will find me or something. So it basically looked like she'd maybe been snubbed, you know, for the cast and, and she was almost either David Lynch put her up to it and if so, fucking genius. Um either that or she was kinda having fun at the fact that her character wasn't making a reappearance. Um so she she wrote this letter and then leaked it to the press. Uh, it's great. You can see it online. You type it and you can see it. It's, it's very, very clear, but it's written as Joan Chen, which uh, is sorry, Josie Packard. by Joan Chen as uh, Josie Packard. I'm not. I'm not sure how you spell. Oh, oh. <laughs> I don't okay. know. It's quite interesting. Uh, yeah, there's um, yeah, there's there's a couple of things that we there's a couple of things we need to touch on here, right? So let, let's touch on things. So um, in terms of the show, the greater kind of show canon, we are now officially, we're losing some characters, right? We are indeed. So, yeah, so we can say that, you know, Joan Chen is gone. No more Joan Chen. Uh, she she has made her, her final Twin Peaks appearance. Bye-bye, Joan Chen. Um, in terms of Twin Peaks, the season, uh, we will no longer have any Albert Rosenfield. That's his work done. So he's now he's now out of the show until you know prequel stuff and that shit. Um, and I might be wrong about this, but I think this is the last episode with Hurley in it as well, James Hurley. I don't think he comes back now. Uh, I can't yeah, remember. yeah. Uh, I think I think he's gone. So yeah, which is a bit of a shame. I don't think he comes back. I think he goes off in his his trips. We'll see him again. <laughs> Don't know where. Don't, do don't look like Laura. <laughs> and Hank. Yeah. You yeah, can see around, Hank again. I fucking hell. <laughs> oh, oh. Thanks for doing all that clean burning propane with me. Um. Yeah. Yeah. We're we're we'll we bid a, an adieu to uh to some folks, but uh, yeah. yeah and- I mean. 
So, some some like trivia that I also found out about this one. The show was actually almost cancelled at this point originally. Believe it or not. I believe <laughs> that. Was, but could you imagine the right, the last like you know how angry people are for what was the end of season two? Right, I love it, but you know what? Can you imagine how more pissed off people would be if this show finished with John Chen being trapped in a knob of a table? Um, I don't know. Yeah, that's worse. <laughs> Um, I actually kind of like the end of season two. Um, I love the end. I can't wait to get to it. I, I think it's I think it is the ballsiest thing ever because they knew it wasn't coming back when they did it. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> it's a real fuck you. Um, it's a David a, Lynch middle finger to the to, to everyone to Earth. Um, yeah, <laughs> Earth. Um. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so funny uh, yeah in terms of like in terms of the content of the episode we're getting a bit more well, at least we're focusing a bit more on Windermerrill and um coop which is kind of what we really i was wondering about before um it's overtly over the top and kind of machiavellian and the sort of pursuit of how this game is going to play it which is a bit silly uh but i, I can kind of get behind this one um i quite like the the kind of the the Packard Martel contingent going up against the, the the Horn contingent. I think that's quite an interesting story. Um, and the Windermere stuff is fun. Like that's still yeah. a good time. I I actually like this chess game and and the stuff coming in the next episode. I I think is good stuff too from Windermere. So yeah, the the needing. Mike thing, I'm no interest in at all, and uh, I'm sorry to say the big Ed normal stuff, no interest in either. I kind of think they both that that storyline has travelled on so long now that I think we're just treading water with both of them. Um, so I'm not overly keen with that as well. Um, so yeah, I I think it's it's I think it's it's certainly stronger than the previous two episodes. We're moving in the right direction introduced uh you know we we have we're, we're about to introduce like like i say a character who's more pivotal uh pivot, i can't say that word pivotal um to um the last couple of episodes and played by a fairly successful actress one that went on to have like, a pretty good career i don't know if she's doing much now but um that that's about to happen but it's it's not the heydays of twin peaks but it's certainly nowhere near the some of the the dregs that we have been subjected to um over the last couple of weeks this is a, yeah. a step in the right direction this we, is what i said before they, they do have like you said as well they have these flashes of well, this storyline is pretty cool right let's get back on with this but they have a tendency just to to try and because they, they're a soap opera so you have to have seven or eight storylines going on at one time um because that's who you have longevity in a soap opera is as many stories as you can you introduce new characters all the time uh, so the show never ends. Yeah, and it it's you know we we've hit bottom, and now we're on the climb back up. We're never, as you said, never going to reach the dizzying highs yeah. of of some of the season one stuff. But we're not ending at the bottom. We the but the bottom's behind us, Duncan. My bottom's behind me. Um, <laughs> listeners. I don't I was trying to bring myself out of that one and I had nothing. Uh, so uh let's do a question then. Um 
Joseph Petrusiello asks us, do you believe Lynch missed a golden opportunity by not having Coma Ape versus Leo Stein? Um, yes. Yes. I still think, I, I think that, that, yes, in principle, I think it's something we would all like to have seen. But once again, I come back to this thing that if it's a physical battle, Nadine wins every single time. And there's no question that she wins every single time. And I think she wins with the ease. Um, like we saw how she manhandled, like easily manhandled Hank. So yeah, uh, I think even the 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 kind of luggish sort of um, frame of someone like uh, Leo Stein still doesn't have a chance. Nadine crushes everything. Um, what what I will say, Leo Stein has going for him is that he can take a lot more damage than like. A uh, a Hank, yeah. Um, hey, um, sorry, last time. Um, but I don't think that like. Okay, so Leo Stein is like I don't think he feels pain like you and me. Like I think he's he not quite undead. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing supernatural about Leo Stein. He's just your average brain damaged criminal with a dog collar. Uh, but I don't think that he wouldn't be able to stand up to her uh, in terms of, uh, of beating her, but he would be able to go more rounds. It would be like Rocky where he makes it to the end. And that's the victory is yeah. that he's just still standing. Yeah, I would agree with that. All I right. Agree with that. Question answered. Um, yes, we have answered your question. So, family emergencies, uh, not really an emergency, a family issue happens, and yes. uh, and Duncan is there. So, Duncan, <laughs> you are going to leave this episode. I'm going to keep going. Um, I got <laughs> this. Bless your cotton socks. Uh, so, anyway, listeners, this is going to be an abbreviated episode, by which I mean only two hours long um, on one episode. How will you cope? How will you cope? I, I don't. Well, we're going we're gonna, to uh, fix this. Uh, and make it right for you, the listener. Um, and in the meantime, you got this episode to kick back and enjoy, and then we'll do the other half of uh, our our regularly regularly scheduled programming. God damn it, get it out! Um, God damn it! God damn it! All right, so uh, everyone, thank you as always for listening. Um, Duncan, do you want to th- give any shout outs or? Uh, just the usual thing. Thank you very much for checking out the show. Thank you for all the support. Thanks for the questions. We will, whatever we didn't answer, we will get onto when we record the second half of this episode and probably more questions which will come in by then. Uh, and thanks for all the support on Podcast Under the Stairs. The Hellraiser shows that have been dropping have been very well received and everyone's been super kind. Um, except David Anders Jr., who's never kind. So that, that song never came out then, right? I, you're right it did not come out then thank you for pointing out the error of my ways but literally no one else cares david <laughs> like you're the only one that has said that everyone else just let it slide thanks for that buddy um so <laughs> yeah that that's that sounds right that sounds like david yeah uh, but we love him very much don't ever oh absolutely change. Don't he ever, is ever 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 change we need people like that he, he is the youngest curmudgeon I have ever met. He is. He's like a he's like a fifty five year old trapped in a twenty nine year old's body. Yeah, I think he's twenty nine. I don't think he's thirty yet. I think um, he's about to be thirty. Yeah, Ooh, that's a sore one. Um, so yeah, um, 
thank you very much for all the support in that, and I very much look forward to coming back to wrap out this, the, the second half, because the, the, not that I'm trying to get him to come back or tease how amazing. The next episode, a lot of really cool shit happens in it, so yeah, looking forward to getting to that. But just don't expect any answers to Josie Packer, because that's never happening, Bo. Never happening. Eh. Never. Kinda, yeah, kind of who cares. Um, who cares? Yeah, so long, Josie Packard. Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you, is yeah, what my skeet, mom skeet. used to say. Skeet, skeet, skeet. Oh, skeet, skeet, skeet. Um, really breathy. I know, it's like, it, it's tough to get up there, especially after I've been, I've been drinking water, and it's not 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 helping the Josie impression. Um, <coughs> Duncan. There you go. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> skeet, skeet, um, Okay, that's much better. So you got to work the instrument, Duncan. Work the instrument. Yep, that's what Billy Zane says all uh, the time. You got to work the instrument, man. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to put your hand right on it, give it's it a little rub. Um, one hundred percent pure insanity. <laughs> insanity sounds like his workout series. Yes, yeah, he's 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 workout DVD. Welcome to insanity. You're gonna get sweaty, and you're gonna hurt. <laughs> All right, uh, folks. There will be more of that to come. Yes. Uh, remember, stop the insanity. Um, and and thanks everyone so much for listening. As always, uh, if, if you would, leave us a review, tell a friend, all that fun stuff uh, if you're enjoying the show. And we will be back very soon with uh, with the next episode of uh, Duncan and Bo Go to Twin Peaksies. And if you don't get that joke, you ain't been listening the whole time. Um, yeah, get fired, but don't leave. Don't leave and tell <laughs> other people. And also, I need some bail money. Duncan, say goodnight, sir. Good night, sir. Good night. <laughs>